It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is March 31st, 2020. My name is Philip Ross. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we're going to do a deep dive into the NBA draft. I've got some shooters that I like in this draft that that'll point out. And we'll also talk a little about the guys at the top of the draft and why I don't think the Magic are a candidate to move up in the draft. I did think that at one time, but now that I'm actually studying the prospects a little bit, uh, I am not thinking uh, that that is quite the way to go. Um, lots to get to there, though. We'll, we'll, we'll talk plenty about the draft and, and get into some things here on today's episode. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all that you check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching wherever you download podcasts for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, this podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. No matter what team you want the lowdown on, whether it's in the NBA, NFL, MLB, NHL, or college, there is a Locked On podcast for you. Just search for every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. I guess the, the best place to start when it comes to preparing for the draft and beginning to think about prospects and and how they might fit in with the Magic is to start with the Magic roster itself. Um, typically, when when I I've kind of come under the philosophy when it comes to the draft that you are always better off taking the best player available on your board. To me, and I know some people don't subscribe to this, but the, but this is just how I feel. To me, the draft is a complete crapshoot. It's 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 one where you have some information, you know. It's it's you're certainly it's not certainly you know just a straight roll of the dice, but there is so much randomness within the draft. And really, what the draft is about is identifying players that you feel can be successful in your system, that you feel comfortable that you can develop and get the most out of. It is about finding the right people, the right skill set, and the right players to fit into what you do. And so to me, when I look at the draft, it is always, and I've come around to this. I wasn't always this way. I used to do mock drafts. So I used to say, just go with need. This team doesn't need a center. They're not taking a center, even if the center's the best player on the board. To me, the draft is, is very much about trusting your process. And yes, needs do come into this process. I'm not saying ignore needs completely, and we'll, we'll talk about that here in a bit. Um, Trust your process, trust your evaluation, trust the things that you value and the developmental program that you have in place and take whoever you think is the best player on the board. 
Because honestly, with how versatile and different the NBA is now, with, with the interchangeability of positions uh, and, and all that, you'll, you can figure out the minutes and figure out the process later. Honestly, that, that, that is honestly how I feel. You take the best player available and you figure it out when you get into camp. Having said that, yes, the Magic would be foolish to take certain positions. Yes, drafting a player at a certain position to challenge or test a young player could be very bad for everyone. You don't want to mess up with chemistry. You don't want to do a lot of other little things. And, and it's actually kind of, Kind of the subtext of, of an argue, of, of a debate that I got into uh, over the weekend on, online uh, about you know drafting a player at a position of a guy that you really value and grooming him to be the eventual starter. I mean, obviously, this Magic roster is still very, very, very young. But when you look at the Magic depth chart, and, and, and certainly the Magic being a playoff team have different goals than a rebuild than a true rebuilding team. I, I would still say the Magic are rebuilding. I would say that the Magic are still at a very young stage in the rebuild, but they are transitioning to an important stage of their rebuild, of the next step of this, this process. They've proven they can make the playoffs. They, they've proven they are a playoff team. And so now it's about getting to the next level. And, you know, again, with the salary cap situation as it is. We're expecting the salary cap to decrease possibly dramatically in the next year or two years. The Magic are not going to have many options to improve their roster. Free agency to me is not is not available to them. Uh, certainly with, with the cap situation as it is, the Magic are not going to have, if they can come into room, it's not going to be very much. They're going to be slightly under underneath the cap. They're really only going to have their, their exceptions, again, to, to, to play with this summer. And so for a young playoff team trying to take the next step, yes, getting a rookie, getting a young player on a cost-controlled rookie contract, bringing them into the fold, and getting them to play a, a positive role. They don't have to start, they don't have to be a major player, but to contribute something pretty immediately. Honestly, that is something that I do think the Magic need to look into. And so inevitably, that does get us back to that question that I posed sort of at the beginning of this segment. Do you draft on need or do you draft the best player available? Like I said, I I think you generally always draft best player available, but you do have to consider needs here. For instance, unless you're planning on trading Nikola Vucevic and starting Mobamba, do not draft a center. The last thing you need is for Mo to feel threatened or, or to, to, to have the feeling that you've given up on him in some way. And so a center isn't really going to do you much good. Don't draft another athletic wing forward. You've got plenty of those already. In fact, the Magic have four, three, four forwards. And Aaron Gordon, Jonathan Isaac as the starters, and Al Farouk Aminu and Chuma Okiki uh, coming in as a rookie next year. That spot is all filled up. So essentially, I've knocked out every front court player. Again, barring trades that that you know maybe we don't have the information on quite yet, but I just don't see the Magic able to make those kinds of moves. Next, so if they want to add a player that's going to make an impact this year, you got to look to the backcourt, to the guards, and look at what the Magic are possibly going to lose this year. This offseason, Evan Fournier, of course, can opt out and become a free agent. Wessel Wundu is a is a restricted free agent. 
Melvin Frazier can become a free agent, although that's kind of inconsequential at this point. Um, sorry, Melvin. I, I, I do I do like you. I, I, I'd like to see you get a chance, and 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 you know maybe maybe this is your chance with with West possibly leaving. Um, DJ Augustine will be a free agent, and I you know again love DJ. I think he's he's done great service. I, I don't anticipate the Magic retaining him, and so there is a big gap there. The Magic probably need some more depth at guard. They certainly need more shooting, especially if Evan Fournier is going to walk, and they probably need a third point guard somewhere. And so to me, the focus in this draft, the focus for the Orlando Magic, not exclusively, I still think the Magic should absolutely look at three fours and look at centers and look at other positions. But to me, the key for the Magic in this draft is find some shooting, number one. Get someone who can come in and shoot the ball pretty immediately. And find someone who can fill in minutes in the backcourt, whether it's a point guard or a shooting guard. And I and I think if the Magic are able to do that, they will have a successful draft. Now again, I will repeat the Magic should not exclude anyone outside of that list. If, you know, R.J. Hampton falls to them, uh, he's, he's, he's a guard, but not a great shooter. If, you know, I think there's talks that James Wiseman could fall, but I don't, could fall a little bit in, in the draft as well. Um, you know, if you really like, say, a Patrick Williams, you know, or, or, or any number of those kind of versatile wings that the Magic tend to draft, if they, if they fit your eye, take them and figure it out later. God knows Jonathan Isaac can defend twos if, if, he, if you really need him to. Aaron Gordon defends James Harden all the time. Um, Chuma Okiki, uh, you, know, I'm, you know, I'm bullish that, you know, if he comes back healthy, he could play a little shooting guard. And, you know, again, I, I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility that Evan Fournier returns uh, to the team uh, next year and opts into the final year of his contract with the the salary cap situation and the and the free agency situation being what it is around the league. So to me, the the needs for this team are fairly clear. It is fairly obvious what this Magic team needs to do and honestly what they need to accomplish in this draft. And I think the good news for this Magic team is the way this draft is composed, the way this draft is made up. Not a lot at the top. We'll talk about that in a moment. A lot in the middle. You know, honestly, picks probably around seven or eight to about 18, 19, maybe 20, maybe even further than that. You evaluate them about the same. I mean, you you look at early mock drafts, and again, we won't have a combine. We won't have a lot of the pre-draft preparation to kind of to, to create create, you know, Groups and 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 and, strat- and stratification between these players. There are a lot of guys that I think could fit the Magic's needs, and so even drafting at potentially number fifteen in the draft, you, you hope it's number sixteen by the end. But even drafting at that spot, I have to say I feel pretty good with the Magic's options. And so let's take an early look at who the Magic have, avail- who the Magic could be looking at as the draft process heats up. Before we get into the draft prospects that I want to talk about, sports have come to a screeching halt with basketball benched, pitchers off the mound, and 
NFL teams doing whatever the, whatever they're doing. But our friends at MyBookie aren't going to let it get you down. Stay sane and stay entertained with access to your favorite games like blackjack, roulette, slots, war, and more. It doesn't matter whether you're out on the front lines or quarantined at home, the fun doesn't have to come to an end with my bookie. Video poker, not your thing, but still need a fix? They've got you covered with a host of live casino dealers online. That's right, they have professional dealers at their tables, live on site, 24-7. Your favorite squad sideline because of the pandemic? Don't even sweat it. MyBookie has partnered with some of the leading esports brands to bring your wagers on virtual action straight from the court in NBA 2K20. Plus, you can always do your part to make your bankroll great again by taking advantage of shifting odds on political bets. You can trust industry leaders in times like these. They're reliable, upright, and best of all, they pay fast when you win. Visit mybookie.ag and use promo code LOCKEDONNBA. That's promo code LOCKEDONNBA for a 150% bonus on your first casino deposit. That's promo code LOCKEDONNBA to receive a 150% cash bonus on your first deposit, and you can claim those extra funds all the way up to $750. Use promo code LOCKEDONNBA to activate the offer. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDONNBA. You spin, you win, you get paid. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So like I said, um, I really like the, the crop of prospects that are available for the Orlando Magic seemingly at around 15. And I think there's a lot of guys actually that fit the Magic's eyes. Last week or, or a couple weeks ago, it's a, they all start to blend together now, um, we talked a little bit about Devin Vassell from Florida State. Uh, kind of the local kid, or local-ish kid. Florida State's not super local, but but you get, the, you get the gist. A guy that a lot of fans, a lot of Magic fans are probably pretty familiar with. He had a really great breakout season for Florida State. And honestly, you know, when, when I think about it, Florida State guys all really are of the same type. Leonard Hamilton does a great job finding players that really fit his style and the kind of teams that he wants to build, good defensive, tough defensive-minded teams that really play for each other. And so it's it's always fun, fun to me to watch Florida State, even though I'm a Gator. It is fun to watch them play because they really share the ball well. Uh, Hamilton does a good job recruiting guys, not not loading up on kind of the freshman one-and-done guys. He gets guys that stay and develop in his program, and, and I think it's really important to see that development happen. Um, you know, Jonathan Isaac is a great example of a one-and-done guy, but he really came out of that program with a really good understanding of, of how he needed to play in the NBA uh, and, and how he could make his mark on the defensive end. Vassell, though, comes after two years at Florida State. And he had a, a really breakout season. And honestly, Florida State was projected to make a deep run in the NCAA tournament. He could have gotten out of the Magic's range with a strong NCAA tournament, to, to be perfectly honest. Um, I, I think that that is uh, completely possible here. And so... You know, you look at Vassell averaging 12.7 points per game, 41.5% from beyond the arc, 73.8% from the foul line. You see a guy that's got a pretty good shot. Is he, you know, straight up knockdown shooter? Is he, you know, going to be 
you know, uh, uh, is he prolific like J.J. Redick was or, or anything like that? No, no, he's not that kind of a shooter, but he is reliable uh, as a, a, a distance shooter. And obviously learning the NBA line is, is the next step. Um, but he did, does a lot, did, did got those shots and did a lot of things in a variety of ways. Um, he's a good spot-up shooter at Florida State. He was great cutting and, and, and getting to the basket. And, and yes, he is fairly long, especially for a two-guard at six foot six. It looked like he has like a six foot six nine wingspan. So you know he's 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 decently long. He's you know arms obviously longer than his height, um, and, and he uses it well and plays strong defense. Um, to me, right now, um, Devin Vassell looks like the kind of ideal for what the Magic are looking for in a shooting guard, uh, and provided that. Every all the measurables check out. Um, I think Vassell is probably my top prospect right now. Um, you know, I think he's a guy that that could fill in pretty quickly and and, and be a, a major contributor for the team uh, right off the bat. At the very least, I think he can be a, a sort of three and D player. The next guy that I'm really intrigued with, and I really liked when I started watching his tape, is Aaron Neesmith of Vanderbilt. Um, Obviously, a disappointing year for Vanderbilt and, and first-year head coach Jerry Stackhouse, but Neesmith was was playing fantastic. 23 points per game on 14.6 field goal attempts per game. 62.2% effective field goal percentage. Usage rate at 26.3%, uh, but it, it felt like the way Neesmith got his shots is very translatable. Quick dribble moves. He's not you know kind of pounding the ball in the dirt. He's not taking up a lot of oxygen. He's taking quick shots, and he's moving the ball fairly quickly. Um, I, I really, I really liked how Vanderbilt used him coming off of screens, uh, and that got him into a shot. He shot 52.2 percent on 8.2 three-point field goal per, attempts per game last season. So taking a fair amount of threes and making a fair amount of threes. Um, he was carrying Vanderbilt through a lot of games last year, and, and that's probably the stress uh, that 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 caused the injury that cut his season short. Neesmith played only 14 games in the college basketball season um, thanks to a stress fracture in his foot. Now, this is where I think the draft is going to be... Uh, this is kind of the wrong draft to enter injured. NBA teams are not likely to get their doctors to take physicals and take a close look at injuries like this. Um, and obviously, Orlando just drafted a player who's coming off of a major injury. You know, Although I don't think this injury would take as long to recover from as, as an ACL... Um, you know, there are obviously legitimate questions about a guy coming back from such a major injury, especially when the information is sparse. However, the stats speak for themselves. The tape really speaks for itself. This guy is a scorer. He is a knockdown shooter. And, and honestly, if you don't have Neesmith on your list right now, uh, I, think you're, I think you're missing out. I, I do think that provided he's healthy, he is someone that can come in. Honestly... I'll I'll, I'll answer this again in in the mailbag podcast I'm planning on doing tomorrow. Honestly, he... He could... You could slot him in as the starting two guard if Evan Fournier leads. He'll spread the floor. He'll be able to attack a little bit. um, And and, and I think hold his own provided, again, that he's healthy. um, And then you give way to Terrence Ross. And and so now you have two kind of gunner shooters to to, to work off screens and get three-pointers. Um... You know he's six foot six with a six foot ten wingspan, so he checks off that box. I, I the tape that I saw, I thought that he was a very smart defender. Um, but obviously, I, I don't think he's kind of going to be a lockdown defender. That's that that's not his kind of forte. His forte is shooting, and and I do think that that is a focus for the Magic. So 
Aaron Neesmith for sure um, is someone that, that I would have on my board and I would have fairly highly on my board as far as players the Magic could take at 15. I think that he's someone that checks a lot of boxes for this team. What the 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 other shooter that I want to highlight is Sadiq Bay from Villanova. Um, this guy is not a not a two. Um, he is more of a traditional three four guy. He is built up. He is he clearly looks like a bigger player. And honestly, his drives uh, at Villanova were kind of bruising drives. He is someone that was gonna go right into your heart and move you out of the way, especially because he was playing against smaller, kind of weaker defenders. And and Bay took advantage of all that. He averaged 16.1 points per game and shot 45.1% from beyond the arc. He's a capable spot-up shooter. It, you know, Will he be able to get out to NBA range? That'll be the question. Um, the six foot eight forward is just, he's, he seems physically NBA ready, which which again, you know, we're seeing with Mobamba how much how much it takes to get muscle on. And, and Bay's had three years at Villanova, so that's that's why he's a little bit further developed. Um, it, it, he, he he brings a lot to the table uh, from just a physicality perspective. My question is, does he have the speed? Does he have the foot speed to keep up with twos, three, twos and threes in the NBA? Are you going to have to play him as kind of a smallish four? And obviously the Magic don't really need three fours uh, because they got so many of them at this point. But uh, the shooting definitely raises raises an eye. Villanova, you know, brings good players. Villanova has guys that defend well, that, that that are able to translate to the NBA, that are smart, disciplined players. And and again, you look at programs, teams value those kinds of players. Um, there are a couple other prospects that I do want to go over and talk a little bit about, but they're not shooters per se. Um, you know, if, if the Magic are looking for a backup point guard, um, I think Nico Mannion from Arizona, as well as Theo Maladon from France, offer a lot to be interested in. Mannion is a really gifted scorer and finisher at the rim, um, but he a lot of turnovers. You know, Arizona did not quite live up to their expectations. I don't think that's all on Mannion. That's a very, very young team. Um, but I think that he is, he's an interesting prospect as well. You know, I think I'll talk a little bit more about these guys uh, on a future episode. Uh, Theo Maladon as well, kind of a longish point guard, really good court sense. I, I felt like from from what I saw for Asphalt in France, um, sorry if I mispronounced that. Um, I thought really good kind of court vision and, and, and ability to to find angles and passing lanes, just not overly athletic and not particularly quick, which which you know kind of I think pigeonholes him as a backup, which honestly the Magic probably need a little bit more of right now. Um, I, I I kind of compared him as a kind of less athletic Michael Carter Williams, kind of the same you know almost the same physical profile. Um, so I I think that he's an interesting guy that the Magic uh, should take a look at as well. So. Um, obviously, you know, I, I can rattle off plenty of names on, on that front. There are a lot of guys in this draft that are interesting uh, at the very least, just very, very interesting. And, and again, it, it's, it's always about, it's always about the fit and the developmental fit more than anything else, fit and opportunity. Uh, and so, um, you know, the magic will have their homework in front of them. There'll be, there'll be lots to get to, uh, there. And, and, and so plenty Plenty, plenty, plenty uh, to, to review as we get closer and closer to the draft. We'll talk more about these guys as we get closer. The NBA 
NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And so that brings us now to where we probably should have started with the top of the draft. There was a time this year, at some point again, before I really started studying this class, where I thought to myself, maybe the play for the Magic is to try and trade up in a draft that isn't considered particularly strong. Maybe there's a player near the top that the Magic really believe in, that they could maybe expend some assets and maybe go a little bit younger and and, and grab him and put him in the fold as, as kind of the last piece of this rebuild. Maybe there's a guy that really fits their eye that would be worth taking that step up or having a team come back for whatever reason, whether it's salary reasons or, you know, there's a player they really like on the Magic's roster that the Magic are willing to trade. Essentially, and again, well, we'll talk about this more on tomorrow's episode when I do my mailbag, one of the big questions facing the Magic is where do they get their star? Where do they get the guy that's going to transform the team and, and make them a whole lot better? And yes, the draft and the top of the draft is usually where you go to find that. But this year's draft isn't that draft to make that play. This year's draft is kind of at this point notoriously not a good draft. And and again, that's relative. I would say the top of the draft, there are no runaway stars in the top of the draft. In fact, I I would say I'm very comfortable with the Magic picking at 15. Maybe, maybe it'd be worth trading up a couple spots to make sure you get your guy, um, but certainly not worth it enough to miss the playoffs for, if, if that's your question. At the end of the day, I think the guys at the top are good. They're, they're better than the guys in the middle. But with the roles that you expect guys at the top of the draft to fill, that's not really what they're good at. At this point, James Wiseman is the runaway uh, kind of... Uh, sorry, Anthony Edwards of Georgia is the runaway favorite to be the top player in the draft. And he is a a great scorer, kind of a ball-dominant guard, shooting guard, small forward for the Georgia Bulldogs, average around 19 points per game. And that's about all there is to him, though. He's a sub-33-point shooter, had the, was on the ball a lot, and so he could score, but the question always is, is he going to do anything else, and is he then an elite scorer? From from the tape that I saw, I would not say he's an elite scorer. I, I think he dro- drove himself into traps, obviously. You know, when you look at guys who are kind of elite scorers, they usually elevate their teams. Georgia was scuttling a little bit. And and, and Edwards would dis- could disappear a whole lot. Um, And so Edwards, probably your top pick in the draft. Then you got a guy like Obi Topin, who I really like. I really like Obi Topin. Um, I think he's he's going to be a, 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 you know, he seems like he's a hard worker, really good athlete undersized power forward, uh, which is okay in today's NBA. I mean, again, got to develop a three-point shot, um, extend his range a little bit. But he's he's a hard worker. I think he's going to be a grinder, and he's going to find his spot in this league one way or another. But going in the top five, you know, typically I don't think he's a top five pick in, in a draft. 
You got a guy like LaMelo Ball from, who's been playing in Australia um, and actually pulled out of Australia in January. Really interesting prospect, super, you know, really athletic, you know, could, could put up points, but at the point guard position, especially not a great passer, prone to turnovers. And yes, he's been playing against pros, and so that changes the, the formula a little bit. Then you have a guy like James Wiseman from Memphis, which we haven't seen very much of because of the NCAA rules that that ended his season prematurely. He's a typical center. You know, he's a prototypical center, you know, athlete, strong-bodied. Um, but again, are you going to take him over Mobamba at this point? And and I honestly, you know, again, Wiseman didn't get a lot of, lot of chance to play, but Wiseman and Bamba had roughly similar rookie years. So, you know, maybe Wiseman's built out a little bit more. Then you have a player like Denny Avdia from Israel, six foot eight forward, getting better as a shooter. Played really, really well in Europe in your in your league for Maccabi Tel Aviv. Um, well-rounded player, but not particularly great at any one thing. If the Magic were to try and trade up and get a player, I would say Denny Avdia is the guy that they should chase after. Either him or the next guy, Isaac Okoro of Auburn, He's kind of stepped into Chumo Kiki's spot, averaged twelve point nine points per game. Ideal size, but shot only 30% on threes. So the draft as it stands, especially in that that top lottery range, um, if you look at mock drafts, you'll see a lot of point guards, a lot of power forwards, kind of the two positions the Magic don't really need. Again, I I think they could use a point guard. I think they could could take a point guard in the first round here. Um, But not the most pressing need. And obviously shooting is such a pressing need that, that, and I, I really believe this, the Magic cannot make any moves without considering shooting. Shooting has to be a primary driver of decision-making. And again, take the best player available, take whoever's top on your board. I, I agree 100% with that. But the team needs to find shooting. They, they cannot keep adding players who are poor outside shooters. They, they need the gravity. And so the top of this draft doesn't help them with that. Again, this is not me you know, piling on these players and these kids. Um, they, they are good players. I just don't think the Magic are the right fit for them. Again, if the Magic were to trade up, Denny Avdia of, of Israel is the guy that I would trade up for. Um, but I don't feel the need to give up a lot to get him. Um, I think, you know, I think Avdia is better than Vassell, better than, you know, some of the guys that I described before but not significantly better, and especially not in the role the Magic are going to look for him to play in. And I think that all matters too. And again, take the best guy on your board. Uh, you know, I, I, I 100% believe in that. But from what where I'm sitting, the Magic, honestly, I think have a better chance of getting a guy that's going to help them out in a significant way at 15 than they would if they had to give up some assets to move up just a little bit. And I think that's just the way this draft is. The draft is going to be middle heavy in the first round. Um, a lot of guys in those middle rounds that you know could you know again could bust could be good, um, but fit more of what the Magic want and what the Magic are looking at. And I think that's really what we're focusing on here as we dive into the draft. Now, there's going to be plenty more to come in the draft. We're in the uh, at least I'm in the early stages of kind of reviewing tape and and looking at these guys. We'll we'll revisit it periodically. Obviously, a lot of the draft process is up in the air because of the hiatus in the league. We don't know when the league schedule is going to end. We don't know when the playoffs are going to begin. We don't even know when the draft is going to be held. Um, So there are a lot of questions still to ask and still to answer about the whole draft process. It does not look like teams are going to have the ability to visit players in person 
review tape. Certainly the combine is is looking like it's off the table, which is such a huge, huge part of draft preparations. Um, but there will be a draft, and I think the Magic will be in a position to draft someone that should help them out in the in the long run. And and I think that's that's the most important thing. For more on the NBA draft, though, we are happy to announce on the Locked On Podcast Network that Chad Ford is joining the Locked On crew. Check out Chad Ford's big board on the Locked On Podcast Network wherever you download podcasts today. And while you're there, check out the latest episode of Rejecting the Screen. Uh, on the latest episode, Adam and Adam Stenko and Noah Kozlov recall players that they miss and the ones they were right about, from Tayshawn Prince and Stanley Johnson to Jimmer Fredette and Donovan Mitchell. Be sure to check out the latest episode of Rejecting the Screen wherever you download podcasts today. Well, that's going to do it for me. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find me on Twitter at philiprr_omd. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Magic as well as, subscri- as well as subscribe to the podcast on Apple Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter again at philiprr_omd. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. Don't forget, we are in the middle of hashtag Magic Madness. Our poll of Magic players. You can vote for that online at omagicdaily on Twitter. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Until next time, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Ross from Mike. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.